Upend and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Tuesday, and I hope you're all doing well. Well, well, well. I've got a rather involved email here from Gilbert Soares, one of my backers, and he's asking something for a friend. And this is a little involved, but I think the answer might be a little more simplistic than you want, so I'll try my best. Gilbert writes, Dear Mr. Hallstrom, I hope you're doing well. As a native San Diegan, Californian, still living in San Diego, I cannot complain. Well, I can complain because I'm not living in San Diego. I'm a Californian boy myself. I'm from L.A., and I get real homesick, so... Take of that what you will. (laughs) I'm wondering if you can recommend tools, write-ups, or reference books on the following subjects that a friend of mine recently asked me for recommendations on. Okay. For clarity, I'm quoting him directly with permission. And his friend writes, Population densities of characters above zero level and how they are distributed across campaign world, life-wise with monsters and animals, settlements and classes, and how all this fits into a campaign world's carrying capacity. What's the actual likelihood of encountering a cleric who can raise dead or a fallen comrade? How many paladins live in a kingdom? You get the idea. It's all fine and good to have plenty of orcs around to fight. But what do they eat and how do they survive when they're not raiding human settlements? And if all they do is raid human settlements, then why don't the humans just band together to wipe them out? How many manticores does one find in a 100 square mile area, for instance? Also, we can't think of D&D settlement sizes if we think of modern ones. D&D towns would be much smaller than what we think of as a town, likewise cities, etc., What is the hunting range of an adult dragon? How much does it need to eat in a year? Are there enough deer and game animals to support tribes of giants, trolls, ogres, goblins, and orcs? Strictly from a logic standpoint, you probably shouldn't be finding every type of humanoid in the game geographical region, as every type of demi-human, since they're all omnivores and occupy the same basic niche in the food pyramid. It's simple stuff like this. Snicker. That's my comment, (laughs) which can be used to establish a level of realism in a fantasy environment, which will add to the believability of the fantasy game milieu. I have all sorts of, he goes on, I have all sorts of stuff relating to population densities of real-world predators that I've gleaned from National Geographic's and other similar sources over the years, but mountain lions and polar bears and seals are not owlbears and displacer beasts and sea lions. I don't want my D&D adventures to become mired in the minute of day-to-day reality, but if you don't include a certain amount of reality into a role-playing game, it's going to suck right about the time the players are just sinking their teeth into its reality. The easiest thing with humanoids and demi-humans, of course, is to factor them in as part of the area's human population when you're working with this particular population distribution, and then you just have them fight each other where their ranges overlap, and they find themselves competing for the same resources, basically like a different tribal civilizations of humans have for millennia. 
The GM and the players kind of determine the magic level of the game world. Sometimes the designers of a milieu do this during creation. But after that, it's kind of necessary to figure out how many name-level priests and wizards are running around in the woods, to say nothing of fighters and thieves. Everyone forgets that there's actually quite a bit of simple mathematics, another snicker by me, involved in the game. From basic geometry used in dungeon mapping and stronghold design through proportional relationships used in the world region and city creation. And that is by Gilbert Soros' friend. I thank you for... Actually, I do thank you for sending me that. Because my the, sh- the short answer? I don't know. The long answer is let me recommend a few things to you. First of all, if you're looking for population densities and percentages and things like that, I would recommend, first of all, Judges Guild. Judges Guild regions. Now, the, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying, I've already jumped into it, but I'm going to preface it by saying that practically all this is out of print. So either you can find used copies or drive through May or someplace may reprint them in PDF form or something. So, going on. First thing I want to recommend to you is Judges Guild. Their Wilderlands regions, if not the city-state itself, are the Wilderlands of High Fantasy, which is the uh, the Wilderlands... Yeah, that's the basic box set. They will have those breakdowns, because they used to do that. And you can find some of their supplements online... If you can find them in PDF form or if you can find a used copy, like I say. Another out-of-print thing is TSR's either the folio or the box set of the World of Greyhawk. The box set or the folio is TSR 9025. I think that's the box set also. And that will give you the breakdown of Greyhawk's show you and it gives you good examples. All these things give good examples of what you're you're asking. Now I have a philosophy behind this, but let me give you the resources first. Those plus look at any look at any modules if they have and they should have wandering monster tables and things like that for the different areas. Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea is excellent for that if you want to do like monster breakdowns. Population, not so much. It's more left up to the DM or the GM rather. And so if you want to do Monster breakdowns, you can kind of reverse engineer the the encounter tables back to that. But, like I said, I would also recommend the the previous things I talked about. And other than that, I really can't tell you where to go to find this information out. See, this is the kind of minutiae that... Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's not simple math, but I don't do geometry. I don't do calculus or trigger. I'm a basic math guy. And if I can spend 12 years playing champions with basic math, then that says something. But when you say it's simple, it's... Well, unless you want to go around your fantasy world and, like, take a census. <laughs> I don't... That's about... All you can do. Some of the some of the like second edition TSR D and D stuff is good. The regional regional things on the in the realms and stuff that'll teach you how to do it too. That'll give you a rough idea of of how to do it. 
but mine is keep it just real. I don't go for possible. I don't go for realistic. I go for plausible. And the thing is, in a world, is what you have to do is once you establish the rules, keep them consistent. In fact, it's the consistency that helps sell the world to the players. Once they, like you said, sink their teeth into the into the world and the adventure, that you your job is to make sure that things go the way you set them. Not the way the way the real world works, but things go the way you set them up. And if you're doing a preprinted, if you're doing a campaign world that's not your own, you just look through the book and. There's nothing wrong making changes in the geography and the and the monster distribution and the population and things like that. Things change and it's your own game. But what I'm saying is you you set the rules, you keep them consistent, and you can have you can have flying pigs if you want, as long as you've got the what I think of as the support system for it, as in just logically think it out. Why did the pigs fly? What's making them fly? How long has this been going on? Etc. 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 And then you can, you can, you can jury rig the ecology from there. Same thing with populations. I mean, you may have a town that has X amount of elves, X amount of humans, X amount of dwarves, but something happened that that population shifted. Some catastrophe or some kind of big event where it shifted. So you're like I said, you're the one who's who's keeping track of all this. You're the one, you know. Oh, my pig didn't. My pig has wings, but it doesn't fly. Well, why doesn't it fly? That may be exception. In fact, if you keep things consistent, if there is an exception, if something happens that doesn't make sense in your world, that's a whole advent- clue or adventure right there. Why did that happen? That's a fascinating thing that could lead to adventure. That's why you keep things, you know, you establish what it is and keep it separate. If you want to go to all the trouble to do all that, that's great. As long as you can keep track of it and keep keep it consistent. And I'm sure you can. The, the way your friend is talking, I'm sure he can. So that's pretty much my advice right there. And I hope I helped you out, Gilbert, and I hope you helped your friend out. And I'm going to go start my day. So, folks, well, if you want to talk to me about this, there's a lot of fodder to talk about right there. You can always drop me an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com like this gentleman did. Or you can send me a voicemail on Anchor. We are f- we are fund- funded. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program. And I would thank you. And thank you for my for my supporters, Jonathan, Dorja, Wendell, Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Suarez has sent a great email and Mark C. Wallring. And don't forget to listen to Mark C. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>